Wow. Tonight, we have Ann Ravel, the candidate for California State Senate. There's no stopping us now, because we're live. I'm John Thompson. I'm John A. Vink. I'm A.J. Minnick. I'm Keith Statenfield. I'm Jim Tu. I'm Jennifer Sim. And those stories tonight on John Wants Answers. John Wants Answers. John Wants Answers. Give John Answers. <laughs> Check your calendar. If it says June 13th, 2019, then we're live. And I'm really excited about our guest tonight. This is Ann Ravel. She is the former chair of the Federal Election Committee, the former chair of the Fair Political Practices Commission, and she's running for Senate in California, in my district. Welcome to the show, Anne. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here with you. Thank you. This is going to be great. Um, I think so as, too. as regular viewers know, Keith, my normal sidekick, <laughs> and I are both running for governor of California in 2022. Oh, how exciting. And our goal is to see who can get the most votes in the primary. Okay. So this is something up your alley. You know all about running for public office in California. <laughs> I know more than I did three weeks, three months ago, that's for sure. Um, not only are you actually running for public office in California, but you were on the chair of the uh, Fair Political Practices Commission for California. It's a state organization. Mm -hmm. um, what, what do they do? Well, they oversee conflicts of interest of mm -hmm. public officials and employees in the state of California, and that is about... 600,000 employees that are covered by those conflict of interest rules. Mm -hmm. And also, they assure that people comply with campaign finance laws when they are both running for office, when they're candidates, and also when they are elected officials and getting money for campaigns. And you were also the chair of the Federal Election Committee, which sounds the same but federal. Is it's that? the same in a lot of ways. Yes, it's federal. But they don't have authority over conflicts of interest or ethics violations at the federal government. Mm -hmm. um, and some of the laws are a little different. So now, what do I need to do to run for governor of California? Well, first off, you have to be qualified to run. So you have to be an American citizen for five years. Check. Okay. You have to have been a resident and registered voter in California for five years. Check. Oh, good. And, um, you know, that's all you need, just those two. How about being a felon? Can I be uh, a felon? There is no specific prohibition against felons running for office. Okay. That I know of. I'm not a felon yet, so. That's good. So Check. it's a good thing that <laughs> you're not. Um, when can I... When's the date where I file papers for the 2022 election? Well, we don't know yet. Um, oh, okay. So the Secretary of State mm -hmm. is the group that governs that decision, and they have not put out the schedule for 2022 yet. Mm -hmm. um, but it's likely since um, the, ca the campaign this year for the primary has changed to March. It's early. Right. Um, it won't be until a little later. So you have time to ponder it and, mm -hmm. you know, just you can spend a little money in right. advance uh, to sort of see whether you want to run. 
um, and you can ask for up to $2,000, but you won't probably know until next year sometime. So does that give me the deadline? Like, could I file papers now before they issue the deadline, or I can't no, even? No, no, you can't. Okay. Um, does it cost anything to, to run? Well, it does. Um, you, of course, Besides running the campaign. itself, the campaign runs. In order to um, be um, on the ballot, mm -hmm. the first thing that you have to do is register with the Secretary of State that you're planning to run, and you have to pay 2% of the cost of a one-year salary for the office that you're seeking, which is governor, wow. which is actually not that much money because it'll probably be about $200 in California. It's not that much, but that's your filing fee. If it's $200, and that's two percent. They don't. Ma I'm making ten thousand dollars to be governor a year. A month. Well, a month. Yeah. Ten thousand. That's, that's not bad. Yeah. I can live on that. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, it isn't. It isn't too bad. Or if you're going to run as an independent, for example, mm -hmm. uh, you can also get signatures. Or, or even if you want to run as um, a party candidate, mm -hmm. you can get signatures. And you need about 65 to 100 signatures of people who want to nominate mm -hmm. you to be on the ballot, or to be a candidate. Now, that's for the Secretary of State? Yes. And that gets me on the ballot? Well, no, it, <laughs> not necessarily. Oh. But it starts your campaign, mm -hmm. so it's your intent to run for office. So okay. yes, you will. That um, will do that. And then after that, once you start raising money, once you've come to the point that you're raising up to two thousand dollars, and you um, might expend two thousand dollars, then you also have to. Um, start a committee. You have to get a treasurer. That's going to cost you money. The treasurer's going to cost me money. Yes, the treasurer charges you fees unless can, you get someone to volunteer. Yeah, you, I, just, I figure my friend Scott will do it. You can get your friend Scott, but you have to know that you will be responsible for any violations of the rules that Scott <laughs> will make if he doesn't know what he's doing. He better do his homework. Yeah, he should do his homework. I mean, that's a lot of people get family members or friends mm -hmm. and they don't know what they're doing. Okay. And that sometimes creates problems for people um, because they there are a lot of very um, sort of precise requirements for filing and giving all the information that you need to the FPPC. Okay. So, and you also have to open a bank account. I've tried doing that already, and they said, come back later when you have a... Right. A number. Exactly, the FPPC, <laughs> FPPC number, gives yeah. a number. Right. Um, so I have my committee, um, but I'm not on the ballot yet. Right, no, you're not on the ballot yet. Um, what you have to do uh, to get on the ballot, ultimately, for one thing, if you uh, take the campaign limitation, that is, um, you agree that your expenditures are only going to be a certain amount of money, mm -hmm. um, and I believe the amount of money um, for governor 
is, and I think I have it here somewhere, it's a, a huge amount of money for the um, primary and then another amount of money for the um, general election. For state senate, it's $930,000 for the oh. primary is the limit. I don't think I'll raise that much money. Uh, yeah, well, okay, you may not get elected governor then, but, um, <laughs> however, you should try. Okay. I, I'm, I commend you for trying. To be clear, Keith nor I expect to make it past the primary. <laughs> we expect well, to get the primary, we'll have like 5,000 votes maybe, and then, mm -hmm. then we'll watch Governor Newsom win again. Oh, okay. Well, you know, it's always good for people to participate in the political process. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, now, Keith, he already had to file papers with the FPPC because he was a Santa Clara City Planning Commissioner. Correct. Um, do all government employees have to file? No. The government employees that work for the state um, or the county ha or city or other local entities have to file if they make decisions that their local entity or state entity decide uh, make significant enough decisions, mostly about spending money, mm -hmm. um, that they could potentially have a conflict of interest okay. when they make those decisions. And that's the whole reason. It's to tell the public you know what your investments are what you, property you own right. to make sure that when you're making decisions um, because this information is very public and so there's kind of a watchdog function mm -hmm. function for people um, they can know for example oh you have you know a hundred thousand dollars in stock in Google and yet you just decided to buy all kinds of Google equipment, and mm -hmm. that's a conflict. Right. And so that's the purpose okay. of that. However, you know, they, and you can be fined if you don't file. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I know there were fines of people like lifeguards, um, which seems odd, mm -hmm. but they apparently make some decisions about equipment to buy, perhaps. and. Right. As a result, they had to file the forms, too. Oh, okay. Every year. Every year you file. Um, so, filing with the FPPC does get me on the ballot. No. And then filing with the Secretary of State doesn't necessarily get me on the ballot. No. It's collecting the signatures and paying the money, right? Yes, and ultimately, yes, you will, you will be on the ballot, either now, as um, a running for a party or running as an independent. Can I collect donations from supporters before I do that? You can, but only up to $2,000. Okay. And that's for state. That's, that's state. for the state. It's, there's, the federal government has a different rule. Um, it's called testing the waters, they call it. Um, and there's always sort of fights over what really is testing oh. the waters and what really is just trying to figure out if you want to run or not, uh, or campaigning. And, um, but in California, and it's more money, $15,000. In, in California, it's $2,000. So when I go on The Tonight Show and I announce my candidacy, then that's clearly 
I have crossed from testing the waters to that's right. Campaigning for real. Yes, and that is always a question about <laughs> whether you're announcing your candidacy or whether you're just going on and you're saying, you know, I'm really thinking about it, but here are what here's what my platform would be. Somebody might say, that's really announcing. Okay. Now, are there people that I cannot accept donations from? You cannot accept donations from uh, foreigners. Foreigners. So. Before I was a citizen of this country, mm -hmm. I donated, I think, to the Al Franken campaign. Um, did I commit voter fraud or something? It, it, well, that isn't voter fraud because you weren't voting. <laughs> okay, was that finance, um, campaign but finance fraud? It's not actually the um, the implication is on the candidate. The the responsibility is for the committee of the candidate to make sure that they know where you live, that they know that you're actually um, oh. a citizen. And campaigns make mistakes on that. Uh, recently, uh, the Obama campaign, not that recently, but mm -hmm. they were fined quite a bit of money because they had a number of foreign donors. And sometimes you just don't know. Can I bring my opponent down by getting my Canadian friends to donate to their campaign? And then exposing them? Yes, well, that has actually happened in other campaigns <laughs> um, that they do that. And they will say then, when they file complaints, mm -hmm. that, you know, it was so obvious that this was a foreigner because they came, you know. His name was speaking, Bob Canada. <laughs> speaking a different language and admitting they were foreigners. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> now, Did you change your name from Bob Canada? That's my, my alias. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so I read that you are refusing money, not just from foreigners, but from big tobacco, big oil, big banks, and big pharma. Now, would you be taking money from small banks, small <laughs> oil, and these small ones? <laughs> well, small banks are a different story than, than large banks. Mm -hmm. um, the reason for my distinctions there are because in campaign finance history, um, a lot of money has come from those entities uh, to try to influence candidates to not regulate their industry. And they have been the cause of, for example, big tobacco, of incredible health problems in mm -hmm. the United States, big oil. When I was at the Department of Justice, I oversaw the civil response to the oil spill in the Gulf. I flew over that in a Navy plane, mm -hmm. and I saw what happened because of big oil. Yeah, yeah. Um, so for me, those are the reasons why I'm particularly concerned about those entities. Now, personally, from my run, I will accept all money from big banks and big mm -hmm. oil. If I receive money, I'm under no obligation to do what they want, because that would be bribery, right? Well, in a <laughs> sense, uh, in a sense. Um, however, I, I agree with you, and mm -hmm. I myself um, will certainly accept money from groups even though I don't agree with right. what mm -hmm. they do specifically. So just getting that money 
does not mean that you're going to have to do what they right. ask you to do. But I think that sometimes um, there is, for some candidates, um, a bit of a conflict, a bit of an ethical conundrum. Mm -hmm. Because in order to be viable candidates, they have to take a lot of money. Right. And a lot of those um, entities really do want candidates who are going to be beholden to them and who will not vote in favor of making sure that there is no oil drilling off the coast, that whatever climate change um, uh, regulations or laws that get passed um, benefit some of those industries, that there isn't any um, agreement to uh, regulate and add a tax on um, sodas in, mm. so that the soda industry can keep um, impairing the health of children and poor people, you know, those sorts of things. Right. So if big oil uh, gives you money mm -hmm. and then you don't vote in big oil's interests, then next election period they'll back a, your, comp your competitor. That's correct. That's right. often correct. That's how it works. Um, so I spent some money on my campaign already. I have bought six website addresses. Winner the $2,000 mark. So I'm waiting for a small pharma to like help pay for that. <laughs> now, uh, I'm sure I can try to hook you up. <laughs> what expenses are there for running for public office? Well, you know, you can do campaigns cheaply as mm -hmm. as you indicated you you have website addresses you mm -hmm. can do things online and then you do them yourself you mm -hmm. don't hire staff to do it you just right. do it all yourself um, and that is not expensive to do and of course really um, a very important part of interacting with the voting public is to go door to door yeah. go places and talk to people that only costs you the gas it takes to get to the right. to the area, and you can get um, voter lists online to some mm. degree. Although I think sophisticated voter lists you usually have to pay for. Okay. But so you can do it inexpensively when it's a race like mine, for mm -hmm. example, where um, there are almost a million people mm -hmm. in the district right. that I'm running for. Um, and you have to probably send out mailers, maybe get TV, I don't know. But, you know, mm -hmm. things like that, those are very expensive. Yeah, I get a lot of mailers during election time. Right. Do you ever read them? Actually, I do. I collect them all in a big pile. And then the weekend before the election, I actually just flip through them and see, you know, get the gist of who right. the people are and, and what they're saying. Yeah. And I always feel... Like they're all lies. So I, I have a hard time believing, you know, what's true, what to really trust. Yeah, um, that's a problem we have um, in all communications now, even on the internet, where yeah. a lot of people feel that what people are saying is it, not truthful. A lot of the can the flyers for one, uh, you know, candidate will be smack talking the other candidate. Right. You're know, like, well, what's the real story there? Like, yeah. is this being like, you know, making me believe something that's not quite true? Yes. Yeah. Well, and you have to know that also a lot of those mailers 
are not done by the candidates' committees themselves. So you have oh. to look at who it is. There's a disclaimer at the bottom right. about who it is that's mm -hmm. sending it. And a lot of candidates wouldn't do that kind of negative campaign, campaigning. Mm -hmm. um, I won't. I okay. mean, you, you do things that try to tell people what you stand for and mm -hmm. why you're running. Uh, but there are independent expenditure committees that we have in California that can spend unlimited amounts of money. Is that like a political action committee, a PAC or a super PAC? Well, it's more like a super PAC. The super PACs are the, at the federal level, and in California they're called independent expenditure mm -hmm. committees. Right. It's the same thing, mm -hmm. and it really is beholden to no one. They're only there for their own interests, and yet they are either supporting or against a particular candidate. Right. Now, with all these expenses, can I pay for them out of my own pocket, or do they have to go through my campaign account? They have to go through your campaign account, because part of the reason for campaign finance law mm -hmm. is not just to know who's contributing and who's behind your communications, but also where you're spending the money. So if you spend the money on um, a gym membership, mm -hmm. or as I saw once um, at the uh, Federal Election Commission on the um, Build-A-Bear workshop, um, it's hard to argue that that's a campaign, account, uh, campaign expense. And, you know, the reason is that people are giving money in trust mm -hmm. right. to you, uh, hoping that you'll win, and they're giving it to you so that you can use it for campaigning, not for your personal right. interest. Is there a limit to how much I can give my own campaign? No, you can give unlimited amounts oh. to your campaign. Okay. Um, that's uh, thanks to the United States Supreme Court. And uh, <laughs> yes, in Citizens United and other cases. Okay. Um, and so you are free because it's considered your First Amendment right to do mm -hmm. that. But in California, if you take an expenditure limit, like, but you said you weren't going to spend that much money. Right. But I mean, if you do, and you're a very wealthy person, um, you cannot spend unlimited amounts. To take a limit means you won't spend any more than that That's amount. right. So I will take the limit. Yes, you okay. will take the limit. I took the limit. And what benefit do I get from that? You get to be in the voter pamphlet. Ooh. So they can read my biography. That's right. You can make arguments about yourself. I'm great. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I think no one, no candidate ever says the opposite. I'm terrible. Uh, yeah, exactly. Don't vote for me. No. Okay. Um, now, we have a video. I first saw you uh, on The Daily Show, and you were talking about your time at the FEC. So let's right. do that now. AJ, roll 212. Would you say the FEC is more or less useless than men's nipples? I would say that the FEC and men's nipples are probably comparable. There are things that are done uh, that have some value, just like men's nipples. I haven't found any value yet for my nipples. <laughs> so, uh, I, I didn't want to denigrate men's nipples on national television. <laughs> just today, there was, um, in the news, the uh, current FEC chair, 
I think her name is Ellen Weintraub, yes. uh, was in the news because she responded to President Trump's uh, saying that he would accept information from foreign people. Um, and people were saying, oh, you can't do that. That's against the rules. Um, so she said, let me make this 100 percent clear to the American public and anyone running for public office. It is illegal for any person to solicit, accept, or receive anything of value from a foreign national in connection with the U.S. election. So there you have it. <laughs> there you have it. Um, was that a question? Um, that was just noticing that the FEC, in this case, has decided to give information to the public. Right. That, hey, you can't be doing this. Yes. Um, um, I, I'm, she's referring to President Trump's statement yeah. um, that he was going to accept if people were going to bring him negative statements about or negative information about mm -hmm. his opponents. Um, it's fairly clear um, that, that you cannot solicit, you cannot um, ask for um, foreigners to contribute mm -hmm. to your campaign. Um, the issue is if it's um, done as a um, volunteer, because, for example, there was a case that the FEC decided um, involving um, Elton John, who did a mm -hmm. concert for Hillary Clinton oh. in the first um, campaign. Right. And they decided that that was not a con an illegal foreign contribution. He's English. Oh, that wasn't a contribution? No. Oh, interesting. Um, can I run as a Democrat, or do I need to ask the Democrat Party first if I'm allowed to run? You do not have to ask the party. Okay. So they're... You can just do it. They're stuck with me. If you've been registered as a Democrat. I'm not sure. How do I find out? I, I, <laughs> I think you can call the registrar of voters uh -huh. and say that you're a little confused about whether you registered as a Democrat or uh -huh. an independent or a Republican, and I'm sure that they will tell you. <laughs> Um, now, the role of governor that I'm running for, uh, I understand I just uh, waltz in on Monday morning around 11 o'clock in the morning, and I, I just sign the bills that the legislature has already passed. And I can either sign them or veto them, and then I, then I go home. Now, is, there's more to it than that, right? Uh, there's quite a bit more than that. And actually, the governor, let me just say about vetoing or signing bills, mm -hmm. Generally, the governor can sign more more regularly, but often there's a there's a period when he either ha or she, although there haven't been any women mm -hmm. thus far, um, they they well amass them in the legislative session and then decide in a marathon uh -huh. activity about right. whether they're going to either veto or sign. But the governor actually is a really important, powerful uh, position in the state of California. Um, for one thing, he oversees all of the executive branch, and so that includes social services, it includes health, it includes 
some police. It includes mm. the jails. I mean, it's a it's a huge task to oversee all those agencies. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and then also the governor does ha work with the legislature on bills as well. And most importantly, and this just happened, the governor comes out with a budget. And right. yeah. he, he, first the original budget and then the revise of the budget, the, the May revise that just was done and the budget was passed today. The budget sets the priorities for the state and has enormous importance. Um, Governor Newsom changed the approach in his budget um, that was the kind of approach that was set forth by Governor Brown. So mm -hmm. there's, there's an enormous um, amount of power in setting that agenda. I'm sure I'd be very good at that. I'm I, certain you would be as well. So you're running um, in District 15, which is my district, right? because my current senator is, is turning out. Now, no one knows for sure how to say his name, but I understand you do. I do. I used to work for Senator Bell. Bell. When he was in the um, County Board of Supervisors, and I was the county council, so I know Senator Bell. Senator Bell puts a bell on all his <laughs> mailings uh -huh. and also on his information he sends out to constituents, but it doesn't seem to have helped people right. know how to pronounce his name. If you don't know it, it looks like it could be spelled Beale. That's how most people yeah. pronounce it. My name, by the way, is pronounced Ravel. Ravel. Did I say it correctly? Yeah, you did. Okay. A lot of people think that it's fancier. Ravel. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Um, and so you are running against other Democrats. Yes, um, two others. How? How do we decide if we we decide we want to have the Democrat for our senator? Mm -hmm. How do we decide of the three who who's best for us? Like where well, do we get information about right. what they all think? Well, I think um, a lot of people get information because um, candidates go to forums um, and mm -hmm. talk about their different views and the different um, things that they will emphasize. And so that's one way for the public to know. Most of us, and I believe all three of us, um, have websites. So you can go on the candidate website or um, any other events where the candidates are speaking and you can get a sense of it. I mean, for me, I, am, I have a Facebook page as well. And I'm very public about saying, you know, you can email me. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, I'm happy to talk to you anytime, anybody, about well, what I care about. Will there be any debates? Um, I assume that there will be, probably mm -hmm. later, closer right. to the March election. Okay. So I'm sure there will be. Um, now, Keith and I are eligible to run for governor, but right. we're not qualified. So, um, you, on the other hand, are very qualified because you've, you know, worked in government and law throughout your career. So what are the, some of the things you've done to prepare yourself to be mm -hmm. our senator? Well, saying that I've worked in government alone and in law as a lawyer in government um, doesn't really give the full explanation of why I am absolutely qualified. Mm -hmm. And the reason is 
as a government employee, I was really creative. I didn't just um, answer lawsuits mm -hmm. or go to court on them. What I did was I set up programs, including an uh, um, elder financial abuse program, uh, affirmative litigation program where I went after uh, paint companies for causing brain damage in children because of lead paint um, that they knew caused that and was able to get a very large award ultimately to remediate that. Um, when I was at the Department of Justice, I fought for the 9-11 responders. That was just in the newspaper today. And many other programs that I did. And then when I was at the California Fair Political Practices Commission, because I thought people deserved information before the election, mm -hmm. um, after $15 million was plunked into the California election two weeks before, and no one knew who was behind it, right. um, I took them all the way to the California Supreme Court, found out that it was Koch brothers groups mm -hmm. that were funneling money. So all of these things I've done, um, and then after that I wrote legislation. Um, so that it would prevent it from happening again, and it's now in the law. It was passed in the state legislature. So all the things I've done, and that's just a, a small number, um, are something that a legislature, a legislator should understand how to do in order to get things accomplished in the legislature. It's not like just sitting on a board and voting. It's actually right. being active to try to do things for people. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming thank on you. the show. Um, where can our viewers go to find out more information about your campaign? Uh, I do have a website, and it is um, www.ravelforca.com. Dot com. Dot com and look for me on on either my personal or my campaign website on Facebook, and you can email me. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, our next episode is July 11th, so great show. Thanks Thank for coming on. Thank you. Ah, sorry. <laughs>